You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what is going on? As always, it is your boy, your host, Sosa Cremendous, coming back at you here with another episode of the Locked On Rams podcast. Your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams and part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And for those that are watching on YouTube, you can obviously see it's another Wednesday episode with my guy, Bear Motter. He's joined me. We have a lot to discuss on this episode. Of course, we're going to dive back into the week two contest between the Rams and the Colts. And Brad's going to share his takeaways from that game. And uh, then we can flip the page and start to take a look at this massive, massive contest, which just sounds weird to say in week three. I mean, it's so early, but we're looking at the Los Angeles Rams. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I think most people would suggest that these are the top two teams in the NFC right now. So we're going to talk about everything you need to know about that contest. But before we dive into that, I just wanted to remind you guys that the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast is officially back as of September 20th with two new hosts, Locked On 49ers host Eric Crocker. He's going to bring all the player scouting and Locked On Chiefs host Ryan Tracy, who's going to do all the analytics. You guys can go follow the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast on YouTube, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, Brad, my man, before we dive into all of this juicy stuff, and this is going to be a big episode, uh, how you been? I know you watched that game in week two. We kind of talked about it off air a little bit. Uh, it's kind of a squeaky one. The Rams barely squeaked out of that one. But uh, how you doing, my friend? And what's uh, you know, how are you feeling after that game? Yeah, uh, squeaky one was is definitely an understatement there. My my heart was beating, and and we talked about it last week. I was hammering the the over as far as as the spread goes. We both got screwed on that one. Uh, I thought this was going to be a, a lot bigger of a win, and we saw really our defense played well. We got to figure out opening kickoffs, like just kick mm-hmm. them through the back because giving a team the ball to start on the 50. And really that's been a big problem for this defense who only gave up 17 points in that game, which is crazy. You forget about that. Oh, well, you, you probably don't forget about that, that crazy punt that ended up in a touchdown, but only gave up 17 points again, standing so strong in that red zone. This game really could have been a big win for the Colts. And, and that's where I take away a lot of bonus points for the Rams here is Everything was against them as far as that defense and giving up points early. They found a way to give up no points, uh, fourth down stop and a turnover in the red zone. Uh, so really proud of that defense to only give up 17 points that game. But man, we got to figure some stuff out because they're, our opponent is playing way too often in our territory. And that's not going to be a successful plan versus the likes of Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski, who is uh, doesn't even show up for practice uh, when it's when it's red zone time because he just knows how to get it done. If you guys didn't catch any of that Peyton Manning, uh, the Manning brothers, that stuff is gold. Uh, amazing. Ma- it makes me love Gronk so much more, but it's just like I got to root against him this week. But uh, he's dangerous, and he is looking like the young Rob Gronkowski. We'll talk about that later in this episode. But, man, Rams got away with one, and uh, you, you, we talked about even that play call on third and short where they did the end around to Cooper cup, tried to be a little sneaky there. Sonny Michelle had been pounding the rock on that drive. Uh, hopefully this is one where McVay learned from some of that play calling and later in the season, even if it's not this coming week where he starts to learn to, Hey, trust our guys. Let's just pound this rock down their throat a little bit and move the chains and, and you know, live to kind of get a few more down. So overall, not the best from everybody, right? Matt Stafford, I think, ended up going uh, 19 of 30. Two touchdowns, had his first interception as a Ram. Really the interception we love to see, right? One where it's like kind of in the dirt and a, and a defender makes a good play. Uh, wasn't a great throw, but it wasn't like a 
pick six or getting a lot of yardage the other way. Uh, and hopefully we don't see a lot more of those, but uh, injury at Daryl Henderson, man, that was something we talked about leading into the season. That was my only knock on the player. It was really like, I think his ability is amazing, but can he stay healthy week two, man? I, I would have hit that bet. Uh, hopefully it's not a long, you know, time that we don't see him till he's back, but rib injuries we saw from, uh, dealing with it last year with Cam Akers, it's not a good one to have, right? It's one where you probably can play through some of the pain, but uh, that that's tough, and you're not going to be the same player. So hopefully uh, our investment in Sony Michelle is going to pay off. But, man, ups and downs during that game and thinking, gosh, is Carson Wentz going to beat us right now on, on two bum ankles? Didn't make it out, and thankfully the defense made a big play when they needed to. But uh, a lot closer than I really expected it to be, and, and uh, not really one that you look at and go, man, we tuned up really great for coming into this matchup, which is going to be tough against the Bucks. But get that out of the system. Defense ended up not giving up a lot of points. And offense, really, I mean – the other comment I think I got is Cooper Cup's a legend uh, and just throw him the ball all the time. And Robert Woods, man, we need him to step up. A lot of drop passes uh, that should mm-hmm. have been first downs, and, and really that goes on Matt Stafford's sheet. But really some of those drop passes were, were frustrating to watch in an offense that, you know, really that's one of the only things that can hurt us is penalties, drop passes, things like that. And uh, not so many penalties, but those drop passes were, were tough to watch. Yeah, and that's pretty crazy to think, you know, when I think back to this game, I don't have the numbers on hand, but I want to say the Rams maybe had like three or four penalties in this game. And that's a little amount. Obviously, when you look at some of the other teams, you know, they might have 10, 12 in a game. So that's obviously a very good thing when it comes to being disciplined and things like that, which is funny to say when Kenny Young is getting ejected in the same game. But um, right. I mean, hey, he got he, he lost his cool a little bit. It's all right. It's not a big deal. One thing that I do want to mention that you just kind of brought up that running back injury, Daryl Henderson, he did suffer a rib injury. They didn't really delve into it too much. They said that they are hopeful that he's going to be able to suit up this week, but it sounds like it's pretty much the exact same injury that Cam Akers had last year. And uh, you guys know that I work at PFF. We have an injury analyst there as well, Mario Pilato, and he told me that He's not likely going to suit up this week, which kind of makes sense in my opinion. Yeah, he should. Sucks. No, he shouldn't. I mean, let's be real here. You need this guy for the long run, right? This is an important game. You know, it's a fun one. We all want to see a win, but you need him for the long haul. You can't just rely on Sony Michelle for the next X amount of weeks, 14, 15 weeks, if something does happen to Henderson. So, you know, if you've got to sideline him for a week, even two, so be it. The Rams prepared for this, obviously, and they have to move forward with that being said. But it is funny. You mentioned the Manning cast and... If you guys don't know, Monday Night Football, I think only for those games, there's a ESPN channel that has, instead of the regular crew calling the game, and I can't even remember who it is at this point, right. they have <laughs> Eli and Peyton calling the game, and it is so good. I mean, it is super entertaining. Every like quarter or every few drives, they get a different guest on, and last night they had, or two nights ago, I guess now when you guys are listening to this, they had Rob Gronkowski on there, and he was killing me. I mean, the dude is hilarious. Not only that. But he literally went on live television and admitted to <laughs> everyone that was watching that he doesn't even watch tape. He's like, no, I don't even watch tape. I just show up and, you know, if I'm healthy, I'm good to go. And I love it. I he's like, he's like, Brady I just does. go. Yeah, I go up to Brady and he's been yeah. watching for 40 <laughs> hours a week. And I just go, up and go yeah. hey, man, who's covering me? What do I got to do? Like, it seems like such like the guy that, that you sat next to in math class that would just show up on yeah. test day and be like, hey, wh- what's on the test? And can you just move your shoulder a little bit so I can see what's going on? <laughs> and then Gronk just goes up and puts two touchdowns up every game. And it's it's yeah. crazy, man. That guy is so good. And that. I don't know if I could watch football anyway else now without the Manning brothers and, and these mm-hmm. surprise guests, Pat McAfee in the fourth quarter, just a legend as well. So good stuff, but it's time for Rob to, you know, put him down to earth a little bit and have him face this defense this week. 
Yeah, you're talking about it. This guy just scores. I mean, he literally looks like the Rob Gronkowski from, you know, 2014 or whenever when he was with the Patriots. This guy has four touchdowns in two games. I mean, he legitimately looks like the old Rob Gronkowski. And of course, they obviously had a lot of cool guests last night. You mentioned Pat McAfee, who was killing me. He's, you know, just a natural when it comes to hosting. He does it himself. Uh, Guys like Patrick Willis, for example, there was so many good guests. You guys absolutely need to check it out if you can. It is so worth your time. And it makes the game a lot more enjoyable because they find a way to break down the game in a way that maybe most fans don't really understand, but at the same time, not be too difficult with the X's and O's and the verbiage and kind of have it go over your head too. So it's really uh, applicable in terms of the knowledge and the entertainment value. I mean, they're hilarious. Peyton Manning was like Brad drinking a little bit of something, something in there, maybe not uh, for the 21 and younger ages or 20 and younger (laughs) ages. So um, he was joking about that as well. Very funny, very entertaining. But that does take us into this next game, which is going to be between the Rams and the Bucks, of course. And we're going to break down all the matchups to look out for, as well as potentially a prediction here in just a few moments. But before we get there, you guys can obviously follow us on Twitter at QBsMEP, at LA underscore Rambling Bear, and at LockedOnRams, and on YouTube at LockedOnRams. And you guys do know that we like to bet around here. Brad talked about it. I talked about it. We both went with the three and a half cover for the Rams. Did not work out. If you guys want to take advantage of this stuff and get in on the betting action as well, go check out betonline.ag. As always, they are your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. They're going to have you guys covered for all the updated odds, props, and contests, including the half million dollar NFL mega contest and the $200,000 survivor contest, which are both open now at BetOnline. Dot ag all you have to do just go ahead to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100 welcome bonus on your first deposit be sure to take advantage now with the season in tow bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports from football to basketball to boxing all the way to horse racing don't wait and take advantage now for all the great offers available for the 2021 season bet online your online sportsbook experts And if you're listening to this podcast, there is an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. It's called Get Upside. My listeners right now are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up their tank. All you have to do is just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or in Google Play right now and use the promo code touchdown for NFL or baseball for MLB and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back for your first fill up. You don't have to pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. You can cash out anytime you want on your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN for NFL or baseball for MLB to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Now, Brad, we can pick up where we left off here. And this is the part that I think most people are probably going to want to tune in to this episode for. And this is now where we flip the page, okay? Week two has passed. We're 2-0, and oh, both of us in our schedule breakdown series. We both had the Rams winning in week one. We both had the Rams winning in week two. And we'll dive into your prediction in the final segment when we get through all these topics here. But I want to take a look at the Rams and the Bucks now, and specifically the Rams on the offensive side of the ball versus the Bucks defense, right? This is a unit, going back to last year, that was very talented. And through two games right now, it's kind of been up and down. You look at the first game against the Cowboys, And not that great of a performance. And then you look at the last game in week two against the Atlanta Falcons and a lot better. I mean, they had two pick sixes, which were both kind of batted up in the air and picked off by the same guy, returned for a touchdown by the same guy, which is kind of crazy to think. But this is not the same kind of caliber offense as the Rams when you look at the Falcons. I mean, 
that old line is terrible and they're just bad. I mean, they're just bad all around. They're going to pick top five in the draft this season. So the Rams are a different animal, right? You look back to last year, the Rams knocked off the Bucks 27 to 24. When you look on this side of the ball, right? The Rams offense, Bucks defense. Is there anything in general that you kind of have circled in terms of potential mismatches that go in the favor of the Rams or maybe areas or things to look out for that could be downsides for the Rams in this one? Yeah, I'm definitely looking in that secondary. Uh, Murphy Bunning has been on the injured reserve as of a couple weeks ago. Um, he's one of their better corners. Obviously, we saw in that opening game uh, what the Cowboys were able to do as far as moving the football at ease. You talked about the last game with the Falcons. I think this is going to be a really struggle year for the Falcons, so I'm not sure mm-hmm. if that really plays into it. I think we're going to see a little bit more of the Bucks that we saw in week one. Um, yes, you got to take care of the football. And, and when you get two pick sixes, it really changes the ball game. Uh, so I think that's going to be a big key for Matt Stafford. But that's what makes me feel better about, you know, watching Monday Night Football and seeing Jared Goff have this beautiful first half. And then the second half, you see about a lot of, a lot of that Jared Goff stuff that we, we dealt with. And I think really if we can take care of the football. And again, that goes even to the running back side of the things, right? Sonny Michelle, who hasn't gotten a lot of touches, is going to get a good amount. We're going to see Jake Funk in this game. We're both kind of assuming that Daryl Henderson should get the rest here that, you know, we got a long way to go. Uh, so what's that running back room like and how much emphasis this week is going to be on protecting the football? Because the last thing we want to do is give Tom Brady great field position. We just talked about in the first segment, one of the issues for the defense and or starting field position is always seem to being in our own half of the field. So uh, I think field position is going to play a big one in this one. And that really comes down to Matt Stafford going back to the deep ball a little bit, taking advantage of some of those things. We also mentioned Robert Woods and some of those drop passes cleaning up that, right? If we're in position to pick up a first down, we got to do it. Got to move those chains. So we're getting into those third and shorts instead of these third and eights, which Matt Stafford can do. And we feel comfortable there with him doing that. But uh, just moving the football and some consistency, taking care of it, not giving Tom Brady bonus possessions, uh, I think is going to be key. And that's what is really exciting about Matt Stafford. We've seen so far that he's able to move in the pocket. He's able to get outside the pocket, uh, mixing the run with the pass. So I think this is a good setup for the Rams, at at least offensive, our offense versus their defense. Uh, We're going to talk about it in the next segment, but the biggest challenge might be just stopping Tom Brady, but uh, I'll kick it back to you. What's, what's a matchup on that offense side of the ball that you're really, you know, that we, you think we have an advantage at. Yeah. So the one area, like you mentioned too, that I think the Rams got to feel good about right now is their receivers versus this secondary, right? I mean, you look at this receiver core and right now it's really just been Cooper cup and some other guys, right? He's been the guy and they haven't really gotten that much. You know, you get one catch out of Van Jefferson, but then last game he drops a pass on third and long Robert Woods. We talked about two or three drop passes. He's had some big plays as well. You know, you look at the touchdown in week one and things like that, where he flashes his old typical self, but you got to get a little bit more out of this one. And then, you know, I look at these corners and they've struggled, especially in week one, when you look at a receiver core, that's kind of similar to the Rams, right? With the Dallas Cowboys, it's one of the elite tiers of receivers, maybe the best in football, to be honest with you. And they took these guys to the woodshed. I mean, the Rams have that kind of capability. They have a passer that's going to be willing to give them chances. And you even mentioned it kind of, you know, got lost in translation from me over the last few days. Matthew Stafford did a really good job climbing the pocket in week two. I mean, there was like, maybe three or four different times where, you know, it's third and eight or third and 12 or third and 18. And the pocket is kind of collapsing around him. And he does a really good job at stepping up in the pocket, climbing the pocket and throwing the ball downfield and, and delivering a really... catchable ball. Right. Yes, like, so those yes. were drops, right. And then yeah. and they weren't bouncing in at kneecaps and things like that. So underrated in the pocket right now, at least so far this season, he's been fun to watch. 
Yeah, that's the thing, right? He's been doing a good job at giving these guys opportunities in third and 18, where you look back to the Rams last year, as soon as they get in the third and 11, they may as well have punted it. I mean, they were throwing a screen because they were so scared to try anything because more often than not, something bad was going to happen, something catastrophic as opposed to actually trying to convert it. So that is one of the big areas and the big differences coming back to last year, of course. But uh, one other area that I'm looking at here for the Rams offense, and I'm not necessarily too concerned about the running game. I just don't think they're going to have that much opportunities for production in this one. The Bucks defensive line is just loaded and their linebackers, they probably have the best duo at linebacker in Levante David and Devin White. So it's going to be hard to run whether Daryl Henderson is back there or not. The one thing that I do think that I definitely have circled, and I think it's going to be a huge indicator of whether the Rams actually win this game or have a successful day on offense or not, it's always the guys up front, man. I'm looking at that offensive line, the five guys across the four defensive linemen for the Bucs. Yep. I mean, this is a good unit. You've seen guys like Vita Vea step up this season. Looks unguardable, unblockable. He's so damn strong. Dominic and Sue, of course, the former Ram. You're looking at guys like Jason Pierre-Paul on the edge. Joe Tryon, Shoyinka, a first-round pick on the edge as well. Uh, someone that I haven't even mentioned, Shaq Barrett. Maybe the best defensive lineman on the team. So they are deep. They are talented. And they are productive and not to, you know, give any slight to the Rams offensive line. They've been great too. It's going to be yeah. a battle of the heavyweights here. And I don't necessarily think either side has the advantage right now. Of course, I think we're going to see both sides win a little bit. There's going to be some clean pockets. It's probably going to be a few pass protection slip ups. When you're playing guys like that, you might give up a sack or two or a few pressures. So this is the one that I really am looking at here. You know, the Rams can't afford to be overpowered play after play and snap after snap here because if they are of course things are probably not going to end that well but i do think that they have the capability the talent the ability here to at least give themselves a legitimate fighting chance against these guys so that is the one area that i think you know is really really going to boil down to how do you win this game when we look back at it in you know next week's episodes did they win this battle or did they not i think it's going to go a long way to determining whether they actually do win this game or not but that is not going to be the only thing we talk about with this game. Of course, we've got to look at the other side of the ball, how the Rams defense is going to stack up against this very high-powered offense. And then my man, Brad, he can drop his prediction for you guys. And uh, we'll just say right here, right now, I'll give you a sneak, a uh, quick little sneak preview. He had them winning in our schedule breakdown series, the Rams, I mean. So we'll see if he sticks to his guns. We do know he has some betting on the Rams here for the first five games of the season. But before we get there, you guys make sure to listen to Tomorrow's episode, it's going to be a Locked On crossover episode between myself and David Harrison, host of the Locked On Buccaneers podcast. We're going to break down everything else you need to know about this contest in depth. And I want to tell you about one of our sponsors for this episode. You guys have heard me talk about them before. There's an easy way for you to finally get your TV and all the entertainment that you love together without the hassle. And it is called Direct TV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch all your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no more need to buy a bunch of different devices ever again. The best part is there is no annual contract involved. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. And you guys have heard me mention the Built Bar many times on this podcast. I'm telling you guys, this is the best protein bar on the market. I've tried them all. Some are chalky, some are expensive, some just don't taste great. The Built Bar doesn't have any of these issues. You can design the box however you prefer because they have so many different flavors. They're absolutely delicious. They're low in calories. They're low in sugar. They have 19 grams of protein per bar. They're high in fiber, and they even work for you if you are on the keto diet. 
You'll even get a free cooler with your purchase while the supplies last. All you have to do, just go check out BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. And you guys have heard me and Brad talk about betting lines here many times, and we'll dive into that in just a second. Clearly, neither of us are professionals, but if you guys do need a little bit of help, and clearly we do too, go check out the Locked on Bets podcast. It's hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. These guys are going to get you right for everything you need to know about the NFL and every other sport, you know, games to pick, games to avoid, lines that you should take. These guys are going to have you winning at a better clip than losing. I can't guarantee you that, but I promise you it's going to be worth your time. All you have to do is follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. Now, Brad, we're on to the final segment here. We're flipping the page, looking at the other side of the ball, the Rams defense versus the Bucks offense. We're talking about one of the top two, top three units in football in that Bucks offense. And the Rams defense, which has felt a little bit, you know, uneasy i would say that's probably the one word that i feel like we all kind of feel about this unit right now doesn't really look you know locked down like they did last season or it doesn't feel like they are Uh, but at the same time they haven't really been beaten that badly you know you talked about giving up 17 points in this last game of course they gave up more than that as a team seven of which came on special teams but 17 points as a defense the first game only 14 points i believe it was clearly they've been doing pretty good right so uh at the end of the day They've allowed teams to kind of drive on them a little bit, but you know they've kind of clamped up at the end and been that bend but don't break style of defense. So when you look at this side of the ball, Brad, um, and they're going up against the goat here, how do you feel about their chances? Are there any matchups that you're kind of looking at? Is there anything in general that you think they have to do this game to give themselves a decent shot to knock off the all-time greatest? Yeah, it's definitely a challenge for sure, and and our linebacker is going to have to step up because he's going to be looking all over the field, especially across the middle, on ways to find. Because Tom Brady will dink and dunk all day if that's what you mm-hmm. get him right. He doesn't he doesn't care to get the big play. He will go for the big play and get it. He's got the big play wide receivers to do it, um, but he'll take advantage just like as we talked about that Monday night. Uh, game and listening to Peyton Manning and him talk about Aaron Rodgers and they have the two deep safeties and he's like look Aaron Rodgers is smart he's gonna take what you're giving him and he'll be patient with it and I think that's the same goes with Tom Brady so um, I'm, I'm really curious to see what type of pressure we can get on him just like I think all year long it's gonna be Hollins and Floyd are gonna be a really big piece to getting pressure on the quarterback and really we just hope that Aaron Donald continues to do what Aaron Donald does and hopefully grab a sack or two uh, and create pressure and grab some people over. But those outside linebackers are going to be key to getting to Tom Brady because you can't let him sit back there and then just enjoy it all day. I still feel comfortable with our secondary the way that it's sat. Um, the interesting thing, as you mentioned, is this this feel of the defense doesn't have that same ruggedness of it that it did last year, that it was like, we'll go up against anybody. You can't stop us. Uh, they're letting people move the football on them, but they're locking it up when it matters. At some point, you don't want to play that game, especially with a quarterback mm-hmm. like Tom Brady. So hopefully this is the point where they take that next step again. These guys didn't play in the preseason. There's a lot of people that returned, but you got a lot of people still in new positions, new roles, new defensive coordinator. And and the stats show that they've played just as good as the first two games last year, if not a little bit better. Uh, so I'm going to hang with this unit and keep giving them, you know, hope there. But there are times that they're scaring the crap out of me as they let some people go. And, and, and you have to understand, they're going to let you run and pick up four or five yards on the ground because they're not going to give you the big play up, and that's really what they're trying not to do. Uh, but it is scary when you just see first down, first down, and we're living in our own territory a lot. Uh, we mm-hmm. talked about, hey, what can Tutu Atwell bring as a punt returner? And he got one punt. 
yesterday and he got rocked, right? Like <laughs> give the man an opportunity to return a punt. Uh, and that's a goal that I'm hoping to see, right? Can we force them in to giving up the ball a few times and punt that football more than once would be a big win from last week. Can't let them drive. Just hope that we figure it out inside the red zone and get a turnover or a fourth down, um, you know, stop because the Bucks and Bruce Arians are going to say, Hey, we're going to take the points. We know that this could be a close game. So we're going to take the points. They're not going to play it like Indy did last week. Um, those are the things that scare me. Can we not, bend before we break i know we're not breaking but can we just not bend on a couple of these and get a couple three and outs i think that would be huge for our offense um and then turnovers mentioned on the other side uh with with our running backs taking care of the football uh being not having a lot of playing time can our defense you know this is the game last year as you mentioned looking back last year fuller had two interceptions and we made tom brady i don't want to say not look like the goat but we made him look human on that night uh, and I think that's going to be a big part of this too, right? Creating the pressure on the outside, creating some turnovers, giving Matt Stafford some of that easy field position where maybe, hey, we get the ball at the 40 and first play back, we take the deep shot to Deshaun uh, Jackson we haven't seen much of yet. So uh, a lot of what-ifs in this game, but I think it really comes down to our defense, again, just hanging tough and not letting them drive and and keep the ball out of Matt Stafford's hand because uh, if Tom Brady wins this uh, time of possession. I think he's got a really good chance to to really kind of play the game how he wants to. So those are the things I'm looking on defense kind of across the board. Uh, it's just kind of, you know, the old saying of you hope you can contain him because you're probably not going to stop him. So just kind of limit Tom Brady at his best, create a turnover, get some pressure and, and those long drives where your defense is on the field all game. We got to give him some breathers. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it feels like Someone's going to win this game and it's going to be like a 30 to 27 type of game. Whoever yeah. who's got the ball last. That, yeah. Whoever's <laughs> got the ball last or whoever kind of messes up that one drive where, you know, yeah. they get a flag or something, then they have to settle for three instead of getting seven. So I totally agree. I mean, do I want to see the Rams just knock them off and, and, you know, hold them to nine points? Yeah, that'd be great. But do I expect it? No, I do not. Tom Brady is damn good at football. This guy looks like he's poised for another MVP campaign. Uh, potentially go to a Super Bowl, NFC Championship game, all this stuff. I mean, these guys look potent. They look dangerous. They're running the ball relatively effectively, and they're chucking it around the yard at will. I mean, this offense is loaded. You're talking about Antonio Brown is their wide receiver three. I think this guy (laughs) would be the wide receiver one on like 20 rosters maybe. He's damn good. Like he's throwback Antonio Brown. This is not no washed up Antonio Brown and you know, you look at Rob Gronkowski, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, all these other names, they are talented. And uh, I totally agree with you. You're not going to stop them. You just have to try and contain them. And there's going to be a lot of reasons why you can do that. I think the number one thing is this cornerback wide receiver battle. You need to rely on your stars here. Let Jalen Ramsey, let Darius Williams, some of these guys step up. D will, I think has kind of been a little bit, not necessarily sloppy throughout those first two games, but doesn't feel like that same pro bowl caliber player he was last season. So hopefully he can kind of get his feet under him there and, uh, you know, kind of get back to where he was last year. Jalen Ramsey, on the other hand, this guy looks as good as ever. Maybe he's better than last year. I talked about it on Twitter yesterday. He is allowing the fewest yards per coverage snap amongst any player in football right now with at least 10 targets. So as you can imagine, he's pretty damn good and efficient And I believe it was the second lowest passer rating or the lowest passer rating amongst any corner in football, again, with at least 10 targets. He's good. He's damn good. I don't know (laughs) what else to say. I mean, this guy, you may as well fit him for a gold jacket right now. That means he's going to the Hall of Fame. He's so damn good. You need these guys to step up. And I think we can expect number five. I was going to say number 20. Number five to step up. 
Uh, but everyone else needs to do at least enough to try and keep these guys, you know, from scoring every drive because the Rams have allowed these teams to get very far into their side of the field and near the red zone and in the red zone and near the goal line. So they need to just do a better job of kind of clamping up. That's obviously the biggest thing here. Brad, I mentioned it, schedule breakdown series. I had the Rams losing their first game here, which I guess my prediction would have been at two and one through three weeks. You got them winning. You don't have them losing for another week or two. Um, I'm going to give you the floor here. This is now your time to share your prediction. Are you going to stick with your winning prediction here? Are you going to change it up? What do you think the score is if you got one? And uh, let's hear it. Yeah, you always look back to the previous game and go, did that get us ready? Did that help us? And in a weird way, I think it was good to get some of that out, right? You know, Mm -hmm. on on special teams, on drop passes. That type of stuff would not fly uh, versus this defending Super Bowl champs that's coming into L.A. Exactly. So those type of things out, uh, moving in back to a, a game here at home. We don't talk about it too much right now, but fans back in the stands, uh, I think that's that last piece of this element, being able to get loud on defense, being able to have the crowd get behind you and playing for that. So home field advantage again, right? This isn't one of those things where it's two teams playing in a a quiet stadium. I think that's going to help the Rams. I still have them winning this game. I think early in the season for both teams is probably where I wanted to face this team and not late in the season when, you know, it's everyone's elevated at the same level. I think the defense needs to make some plays. I have this as a high scoring game. I think last game was 27-24. I have this now as like a Rams, maybe a 31 25 28 31 28 mm-hmm. i think this could come down to a field goal uh or you know tom brady hopefully not having the ball hopefully this ends in in uh, matt stafford uh putting together like a six minute drive and taking knee on this thing because you do not want to give the ball back we saw that in the opening kickoff of this season i think he had a minute and 20 something on the clock and he went down and won the game so we cannot give him any extra time it's gonna be close but i got the rams like you mentioned making a couple plays on defense and or offense and making that be the difference in this big stop at one point, the Rams have it in them. Uh, so I got the Rams here still winning close game, but uh, let's move to three. and know, I had the Rams winning last week, 31, 28 should have listened to myself. I still picked the Rams to cover <laughs> three and a half. Uh, you can never go against your better judgment. I like it though. But for some reason, I don't know why it feels like every friggin' time the bucks are playing and Tom Brady is in a tough game, a close game. He has the ball last. I just Crazy. don't get it. Every time it feels like that happens, you never seem just sitting on the sidelines and another team just running the clock out or kneeling it down, which hopefully the Rams can do in this one because like you mentioned, if there's 20 seconds on that clock or if there's eight minutes, I'm worried that Tom Brady is going to drive down the field somehow and put his team in a position to win. So it's going to do it for this episode. My man, Brad, thank you for hopping on and sharing your prediction. You guys can hear my prediction tomorrow as well as everything else you need to know. We're going to have a Locked On crossover episode between myself as well as David Harrison, the host of the Locked On Bucks podcast. Going to dive into everything else you need to know as well as my prediction. We'll see if I change up on my predicted loss from the schedule breakdown series. Of course, you guys can follow us on Twitter as well at QB's MEP, at LA underscore Rambling Bear, and at Locked On Rams, and on YouTube at Locked On Rams as well. Please subscribe or follow to get our latest episodes, content, breaking news, and a whole lot more.